Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It is time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Helen Claire Harmon, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. Welcome to today's episode. To the Humans and Earth podcast. This is Helen Claire Harmon, and I am really happy to be here with you today. We're going to talk about connecting with nature spirits, who they are, what they have to offer to us, why humans have ignored them in the last couple of centuries, and why it seems to be really crucial for us to be interacting with and listening to them now. So there are at least three terms that are used to describe these beings who animate the natural world. In English, they can be called nature spirits or elemental beings. They're also sometimes called devas. And this is not so much the Sanskrit use of deva, which refers to types of deities in Hinduism and Buddhism, but an early 20th century anthroposophical adaptation of that term. So I will mostly use the term nature spirit today, but I might sometimes also refer to them as elemental beings or devas. I do want to start by acknowledging that this is an edgy topic for me, and it may be for you. I grew up being taught about nature spirits, and I have always believed in them unequivocally without question. But like many of us in the industrialized world, I've also been part of educated intellectual culture that indicates that any kind of being that cannot be seen with the physical eyes or proven via scientific documentation is not real. And so the topic of beings like nature spirits has been a mostly forbidden topic for most educated intellectuals. However, I am really tired of keeping my mouth sealed about what I truly believe. And I was very blessed to meet with a friend and mentor last week who indicated to me that the nature spirits were stepping forth toward me Once I started listening to them, a lot came forth, and it seemed important to share it here on the podcast today. To go back in history just a little bit, I want to note that just about every culture around the world has believed in nature spirits up until the last couple of centuries of industrialized cultures. The folklore and spirituality of cultures around the world from Asia to Africa and Europe to the Americas and everywhere else has always told about the spirit beings who inhabit and animate the natural world. What happened with the scientific revolution in the West, starting in Europe in the 1600s, is that very important revolutionary thinkers, such as Francis Bacon in Britain and René Descartes in France recognized that religion was holding back science 
and that if we were going to develop robust scientific investigation and knowledge that would help the human community, we needed to separate our scientific endeavors from religious belief. Now, Bacon and Descartes and others during the scientific revolution in the 16 and 17 and 1800s really had a point. Historically, you can see that religious institutions and beliefs were holding back science. Unfortunately, the very strong divide that Bacon, Descartes, and others drew between religious and spiritual perspectives and scientific perspectives has over time created a lot of harm because it has set up the ongoing belief, certainly in the West, but also in other industrialized parts of the world, that you can't believe in both things. You can't believe in spirituality and science. One or the other has to be true exclusively. And of course, it's science and not spirituality. So I wanted to point out that, as I said a minute ago, all human traditions everywhere in the world, as far as I know, have always believed in nature spirits. It was really only about three, 400 years ago that we started insisting that maybe those types of beings and realities were not real. However, modern people have not totally ignored the nature spirits. Biodynamic agriculture acknowledges them, as do books by authors such as Rudolf Steiner, who was the founder of biodynamics and anthroposophy, Dorothy McLean and Robert Ogilvie from the Findhorn community in Scotland, Marco Pogacnik, not entirely sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I believe he's Slovenian, and others. So there is certainly a 19th, 20th century literature on nature spirits and a tradition of talking with them, seeing them, and working with them. All right, now I'm going to go into what is one of the most important things I want to share with you, because when I started connecting with the nature spirits in the last couple of days, they were very, very eager to speak with me and communicate something quite important that they want humanity to become aware of again. What they want us to know is that they are the expression of the divine creative force in the world. So whether you call that creative force God or source or spirit or love or intelligence, you're welcome to define the creative force of the universe however you like. But the elemental beings or nature spirits want us to realize that they are the expression of the divine creative force in the world. And they want us to realize that this is very important. This is not just a matter of spiritual belief. It's not a minor role that they have. It is very unhelpful when we ignore and overlook them and their role as the expression of the divine creative force. Ignoring them is quite serious and it actually leads to the environmental disasters we are now experiencing, which you can be concerned about because of the damage they're doing to plants and animals and ecosystems on the planet, or you can be concerned about environmental problems because they're harming human health, or you can have both sets of concerns 
but both are really significant right now. So the nature spirits want us to realize that they physicalize the divine creative force. They physicalize divine creativity. They animate the physical world, bringing the divine creative force into aliveness. It's through the nature spirits that the physical world is a sacred expression of the creator or source consciousness. Interestingly, we humans actually share this in common with them. Although we are much more physical than the nature spirits, both they and we are a combination of spiritual essence and physical presence. So we can connect to them through this shared identity as beings with both spiritual and physical presences. You may see nature spirits with your physical eyes, but it's more likely that if you see them at all, it will be with your etheric or spiritual sight, your third eye, which is mediated through your brain's pineal gland. What's more important than seeing nature spirits is sensing and acknowledging them and listening to them. And so I'm going to talk now about how you can do that. When we ignore the nature spirits, for example, by cutting down a tree without asking and assessing first, or spraying chemicals on plants, or putting waste into water, we are literally disrespecting the divine creative life force. And this is truly a form of assault on what is pure and good in the world. That is why many of us who have chosen to become alert to and aware of the environmental damage on this planet feel very distressed when we see polluted water, polluted air, a demolished forest, animals who are struggling. We know intuitively that life is being assaulted and damaged. And the holders or keepers of that life force are these beings we can call the nature spirits. Now, as I always like to say, I welcome people to be concerned about what's happening on Earth for altruistic reasons of concern for plants and animals and ecosystems on the planet, or for concerns about human well-being, or both. What's undeniably true right now is that we are experiencing the effects of our actions in the form of drought, wildfires, heat waves, contaminated waters that cause cancer, etc. And I'm not going to go into the evidence that environmental pollution wreaks havoc on human health, but you can easily look that up. We have piles of scientific evidence that agricultural chemicals in groundwater can cause cancer, herbicides and pesticides can cause cancer, industrial chemicals in air and water can cause neurological illnesses and respiratory illnesses and other things. So we are certainly right now experiencing the direct results of our actions. One thing that the nature spirits want to teach us is that they represent the signature, the codes, or the essence of how physical life is supposed to be 
It is supposed to be clean, clear, vibrant, bright, healthy, and flourishing. The nature spirits are stepping forward powerfully now, asking us to connect with them and learn from them what the world is supposed to look like and how it is meant to function. Some of us know how life on earth is supposed to look and function, maybe because we were lucky enough to experience at some point in our lives fairly undamaged areas of nature. But some of us have grown up in places dominated by human influence, and we may not really know how life on Earth is actually supposed to look and function. Uh, if you're hearing just a little bit of noise in the background, that's my dog moving around, and I may not be able to edit out all of her little claw sounds on the wall. So what is important for us to know is that the nature spirits can give us the blueprint for our regeneration efforts, so that instead of worsening the messes we've made, instead of making nature more artificial, we can help nature recover into the state in which she is designed to exist. This is very, very important because humans can get terribly carried away in intellectual mode with ideas like handling climate change through geoengineering and I am one of the people who is highly suspicious of these geoengineering approaches. They sound to me like they are playing with forces beyond our ken and beyond our control, forces of climate and weather and plate tectonics. And it sounds to me like geoengineering could get us into a lot of trouble. This is the kind of example of why we want to be consulting with the nature spirits. As I've said, they hold the frequency or the codes or the blueprint of how life on this planet is actually designed to thrive. And they can guide us to take actions that are in harmony with the blueprints of planet Earth. So to state this very practically, what is available now, I mean, it's always been available, but it's certainly very available now. What's available now is for us to listen to the nature spirits and spend time with them and ask them questions. They can literally transmit to us energy codes for how water and soil and plant life and air are designed to exist and thrive. By spending time with the nature spirits, we can develop a keen and deep sense of what a restored, healed, flourishing earth will look like and feel like. It is literally crucial for us to learn to work with nature spirits in any kind of actions that we take toward the natural world. They've been telling me this week that we really must open to learning from them. It is really essential right now for the survival of life on this planet, especially our own survival. As most of us now know, nature will continue to thrive even if humans cannot. If we make this planet uninhabitable for human life, it will, within a fairly short period of time, rebalance and restabilize for other life forms. 
But we don't want that to happen because we are designed to be part of the system here. And there is still time to turn things around so that this planet remains habitable for all of us. The nature spirits are quite frustrated at this point. That's saying it mildly, I think, by the way they've been ignored and disrespected and the ways that their ability to animate life on this planet has been damaged. We have severely ignored them for at least a couple of centuries during our period of rampant industrialization and human egoic belief that we can do literally whatever we want on this planet, ignoring all our plant and animal and elemental water, air, neighbors, and their needs. The nature spirits are politely stomping their feet and indicating that we must work with them in true respectful partnership if we want to heal this planet so all life can thrive. And they do want to teach and mentor us. We need to drop our egos and our silly belief that only what is scientifically provable at this time is real. Staying inside this limitation is only hurting us. There is always more to the world than modern science has proven. The history of science shows continual evolution in scientific knowledge. And as a historian, I'm always intensely frustrated when I hear people who either are practicing scientists or follow science claim that we, we know much of what there is to be known and anything that we haven't yet proven is probably not real. If you look at the history of science, whether in the 1980s or the 1950s or the 1920s or the 1880s or the 1850s or the 1820s or the 1780s, if you look at the history of science, you will always see that every few years or decades or centuries, major scientific assumptions get revised, scientific knowledge grows by leaps and bounds, what we assume at one point in time to be scientifically true often is a shifted belief or set of evidence at another point in time. So I assume if you're listening to this that you respect science. I mean, almost all of us do these days. And in fact, the innovations of science like central heating and medical care and refrigeration are certainly very helpful to our lives and I myself appreciate them very much. But what I'm calling out is the scientific egotism that claims, as I've said, well, we haven't yet scientifically proven that something like nature spirits are real and therefore I don't believe in it. I am really urging you, if you're listening to this, to step into revising that belief and having a more open perspective on what the realities are in this world. And that just because we have not yet come up with a set of scientific evidence in favor of something doesn't mean it's not real. And I'll also point out, because of the split between spirituality and science that thinkers such as Bacon and Descartes created, it's very rare for scientists to even investigate something like nature spirits. 
So not only is the existence of nature spirits poo-pooed by science, but it's actually something that has hardly ever been investigated because if you are a practicing scientist, you would really be risking your career to even attempt to investigate that. Okay, so let's go back to our main topic, which is connecting with the nature spirits. They are meant to be light and playful and existing in a state of ease. We have made things very difficult for them through our pollution of the earth, but amazingly, they are still very willing to work with us and they are keen to connect with anyone who will acknowledge their role with respect and care. We are meant to be in communication with them as our neighbors, friends, and co-creators on earth. Many of us may need to raise our vibrations before we can experience that communication. So if you try to connect to the nature spirits and you don't succeed, you may need to keep practicing or you may need to keep clearing lower vibrational energies or emotions and perspectives that might be clouding your ability to connect. The nature spirits actually can help us with this process of raising our vibrations and clearing ourselves. So even if your initial attempts at contact are not thrillingly wonderful, do keep trying because the more you explore, the more likely you are to encounter the nature spirits or elemental beings or devas in a genuine way. So here's what I recommend if you want to experience them. I'm offering three things for you to try. And for each of them, you should start in a calm mood in a quiet place and tell your analytical thinking brain that it is important and valuable, but it needs to be on the back burner in a secondary role while you listen to your heart and your body. And you then need to connect to your heart and your sense of love for the natural world, for life, and for however you define source or creator. So step one, even if you think you won't be able to connect to nature spirits directly, you can show respect for them. And this is a very important step. You can ideally outdoors in nature show, acknowledge that you know that they are present. You probably can connect to them anywhere, but the easiest way is to find the cleanest, most natural place you can find. This might be your backyard, a park, a forest, a state park, whatever space you can access where nature is as little disturbed as possible. Because when we do a lot of mowing or chemical applications, then it's very hard for the nature spirits to thrive in that space. So you want to go to the least disturbed by human activity space that you can find. Step one, acknowledge that you know that nature spirits are present. Show your appreciation that they animate the physical world. The air, the water, the soil, fire, plants, flowers, all exist because the nature spirits hold the life force within them. 
your acknowledgement and appreciation will open pathways to eventual connection between you and them that is more substantive. Step two, if you want to connect more fully, know that the nature spirits are all around you. So you don't have to go into the, into the wilderness. And they can be our friends and companions when we learn to live respectfully with them. You're going to ideally do this outdoors, but it's not essential to do it outdoors. As I said, you're going to try to find whatever place is accessible to you that is the least disturbed by human activity. And I'm going to suggest that you might want to start with water because the features that we associate with water, purity, clarity, flow, brightness, coolness, cleanliness, the giving of life, these are actually expressions of the water elementals or the water nature spirits themselves. So you already know something about water nature spirits. Similarly, the features we associate with plants are actually expressions of the plant elementals or nature spirits. Greenness, freshness, vitality, brightness, vibrancy, growth, and the characteristics that we associate with air, clarity, cleanness, purity, sustenance of life, those two are expressions of the air elementals, nature, and beingness. So you can see that if you pay any attention to water or plants or air, you already know a little something about nature spirits. Pick one type of nature spirit to connect to. Maybe water, maybe plants, maybe air or soil. Introduce yourself, listen respectfully, just be quiet and present and alert. Indicate that you would like to connect with them, appreciate them and learn from them. And at first you may simply feel their vibrant presence and that is a beautiful success. If you can go into nature, open yourself to this connection and feel the vibrant presence of the nature spirits, that is a big achievement for a modern human being. And one of the things you may quickly recognize is that you have felt them many, many times, but you've just thought you were feeling the beauty and energy of nature. Well, you were, but it is held and mediated by these little vibrant beings that we can call nature spirits. Now the next level, step three, that you can try is to really communicate and interact with them. When you feel able, ask them what they want to teach you. You may receive information through feelings, emotions, imagery in your mind, words or ideas that come into your mind, maybe a scent, maybe a tactile physical feeling. You may want to try asking a specific question about what a plant or area of soil in your care needs. And this will enable you to practice being in dialogue with these nature spirits. When you're new at this, you can ask yes or no questions. That's a very good way to begin. Quiet yourself, ask to connect to the nature spirit in say a shrub or bush or garden plant in your yard and ask simple yes or no questions. 
does this plant need water? Is now an okay time to prune this plant? Does this plant need some compost or mulch? Is this plant being seriously affected by pests? These yes or no questions can give you a lot of good experience in hearing the nature spirits. And eventually you'll be able to move beyond the yes or no questions. What is really the goal here is to talk with the nature spirits before you act on the natural world, before you work in your garden, before you prune a tree, before you design or help with a restoration project. I actually believe that we are truly close to the time, maybe even in the next decade or two, when people will publicly acknowledge the nature spirits and consult them in a focused way before engaging in repair of the natural world and before constructing human-made structures. We are really close to the time when the nature spirit's view will be a major vote in human decisions and maybe even the decisive vote. We will work with them as some of our most respected, wise consultants, guides, teachers, and way showers. You can pave the way into this reality by learning to connect with and then communicate with them and by speaking with others about your experience with nature spirits. Things become normal in a culture when people discuss them. History shows this very, very clearly. As women in the late 19th and early 20th centuries began talking more and more about their desire for equal rights, within really just a few decades, that became a normal conversation and then it became a reality. And similarly, when in about the mid 20th century, people started talking about their concerns about environmental pollution, that was initially a fringe concern, but very quickly, within really a couple of decades, maybe even less, once some evidence appeared, it became very normal to talk about concerns about environmental pollution. So things become normal in a culture when people discuss them. If you believe in nature spirits and you begin to have experiences of being aware of them and communicating with them, it's really important to start talking about that with people who are even the least bit open to that. There is truly endless possibility in the human nature spirit relationship. There is endless potential for us to work together to repair this planet and make it a healthy place for all life to thrive. We do not, as humans, we do not need to feel alone in facing the mess we've created on this planet. Because as I said earlier, the nature spirits hold the blueprint or the energy signature of how life on this planet is supposed to function. And we can turn to them for direct guidance on what it is we're trying to come back into alignment with. Humans are meant to be the sacred gardeners and protectors of earth. And I am pretty certain that we cannot fulfill that role unless we are in robust, regular, respectful collaboration with the nature spirits. If you would like a space to discuss this kind of topic and discuss 
how you are exploring your new or your next level contribution to regeneration for people and planet. I'm going to open a monthly discussion and support group. It's probably going to be the first Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Eastern, and I'll be sharing information about it in my newsletter. So if you are interested, make sure that you have joined my mailing list at humansandearth.com. There's a free gift available if you sign up for my newsletter. Again, if you're interested in a monthly gathering where there's some space to talk about exploring contact with beings in the natural world or what you're doing to explore or discern or enact your new or your up-leveled contribution to regeneration for people and planet, you're very welcome to join me in this monthly group. And we'll just experiment and see if that feels like a supportive place for people to meet up and talk. I will facilitate. And, you know, really the aim is to support people who are keen to contribute to regeneration and would like a space to talk about it. To review the three practices I offered today, the first one is you can begin connecting with nature spirits by simply acknowledging them showing respect for them, and indicating that you would like to know them. You can go further by trying to actually feel or perceive them in water or air or plants. And the third level is to communicate and converse directly with them. You may find it is easier than you realized. It also may be something you've experienced before, but you have forgotten. That's certainly the case for me. I have at times in my life experienced communication with nature spirits, but even I, as focused as I am on the human earth relationship, can sometimes forget that this is a type of relationship, human to nature spirit, that is supposed to be part of the human experience and the human role on planet Earth. So thank you for listening today, and I welcome your thoughts on this topic. You can reach me through my website at humansandearth.com. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com. read Humans and Earth's ebook on informed optimism? It's called A Guide to Informed Optimism, Things to Know and Explore to Feel Hopeful About the Human Future with Earth. It's time to be aware that although our problems are serious, healing solutions are already in place. If you hear only the bad news, you might feel hopeless. But once you realize that all around the planet, people are changing the human presence from damaging to restorative, 
you can feel inspired instead. This is informed optimism. Being alert to the need for Earth's restoration and becoming excited about how much progress we're already making while discovering how you can participate. Explore a guide to informed optimism, things to know and explore to feel hopeful about the human future with Earth, to learn about eight global movements that are restoring the human-Earth relationship, regenerating Earth's systems, and creating jobs and well-being for people. Eight initiatives with the potential to create enormous healing for people and planet. Regenerative food production, renewable energy, renewable and regenerative manufacturing, regenerative land care, natural wellness approaches, communication with Earth's beings, and more. Informed optimism inquiry questions throughout the ebook help you consider how you feel as you learn about restorative solutions, how you would like to see them advance, and how you are attracted to participate. Find informed optimism at www.humansandearth.com slash courses. It's only $7.